Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Eminem Marvel Mania podcast. My name is Nick. My name is Mike. And today we are back again for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Now, Mike, let me tell you, this, this has been an interesting movie. This is something that that hit the feels pretty hard, especially for you and most other people. Um, this is definitely one of the best movies that we've had since I want to say since No Way Home. I know a lot of people were saying Endgame. Um, to me, it's like to me, I think No Way Home. It's been the best since. Um, definitely a a tearbreaker and the happy moments in this movie. Um, what are your thoughts on this movie so far? So I've only gotten to see this once uh, because I saw it with you on Friday. Yes. And I was going to go see it again today, but then I woke up today and I felt like garbage. So pardon my voice if by chance I sound sick uh, because I am. (laughs) And uh, so this movie is an interesting one in a lot of ways, mostly because, you know, it really, and I said this earlier. I think I may I may have said it to you, or I forget who I said it to, but I, I basically said like now it really feels like all the characters from the Infinity Saga. It's over, you know. It, it feels like it's done. It feels like all of our main characters from Phase One and Phase Two. It feels like they're all finished up now. And it's, it seems he, like it. he's got the Guardians now. I mean, at the end of this movie are all going in their own separate directions, pretty much. I mean, obviously, this is a spoiler review in case nobody could tell. So I think we'll, make, we'll make the spoiler review after. <laughs> Just before before <laughs> I before I go any further, if you have not watched the movie and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening. Please but, stop. Yes. But my point being, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and you you referenced it. It's very very emotional, very very emotional. I mean, I was I cried like three times watching this movie. Um, it is a, it's really a tribute to these characters, and Rocket is at the center of all that. He's basically he's the main character of this movie, Rocket Raccoon. Yes, and the whole arc here. I mean, with him and his backstory, and you know, it's really sad stuff. I mean, as an animal lover, I mean, it, it it was it was pulling at my heartstrings from the very beginning, because when I'd see Baby Rocket, I would think of like, oh, my God, you know, look at this poor animal being tortured. I'll tell you the worst. The part where that like that got me really sad was when he was first being like experimented on and when he got put in the cage and and he's like, it hurts. And I'm like, that's so upsetting. He's just a baby, man. I know. Um, James but, Gunn knows how to tug at our heartstrings. He does. Oh, he definitely does. I mean, listen. From we've had these characters since 2014, so it's it's been a journey that we've had with these characters. Uh, you know, Gamora, different story, obviously. Um, I'll say with this one of the, I'll be like right off the bat. One of the one of the problems I have with the movie, and it's not like a big issue because it's part of the storytelling. Um, was the fact that Rocket wasn't really in it, if you know what I'm saying. Well, okay, so I, I see what you're saying. So let's talk about how this opens then. So it opens with the Guardians on Nowhere, and we get like little previews of all the characters at this point. You see Quill drinking all his depression away about Gamora. Yeah. Uh, and you see it's basically a continuation from the holiday special. You see them all at Nowhere, and you see the Guardians putting everything together. 
And then Adam Warlock shows up and he attacks and he takes out Rocket and he's trying to bring Rocket back to the high evolutionary. And yeah, as you'd expect, Rocket is pretty much hurt. He is pretty much incapacitated at that moment and the rest of the movie until the end. <laughs> yeah, Rocket Rocket is so they end up fighting off Adam Warlock, getting him out of there. Although that is his introduction in this movie. Now, that was a thing, something a lot of people complained about with this movie was him. I didn't really have a problem with Adam Warlock. Um, I thought he was pretty funny, number one. But also, you know, he's a hero in the comics, so it makes sense that eventually he would team up with the Guardians at some point. Well, I think his role, I think he was a part of the Guardians in the comics. I think mm-hmm. that's the original thing. Um, I mean, I felt like his the actor that plays him Pretty solid actor. I like him. I like him a lot. I, I don't know his name. I forget. Will, Will Poulter. Will Poulter. Um, I've only seen him in uh in the Maze Runner movies. Um, he's the kid from Where the Millers. If you've ever seen that, I've too. seen Where the Millers too. He's very funny in that. Um, but he's definitely a great actor. He plays. Listen, with this movie, it's kind of hard to put give everybody like their moment, especially because see, he, he's like a new character. And, like, I know a lot of people were expecting a lot out of him, given the fact that he was such a tease in, in the second movie. So, with this, I feel like he was kind of he was kind of taken back a little bit, but I understand why, because you still have all these characters that need to have their kind of, like, a finished story since you're sending them off. So, it's, you know what I mean? It's similar to what everyone was saying when Captain Marvel was in Endgame. It's like, why didn't she have a big role? Well, she's not going to have a big role because everybody else has has their stories ongoing. Yes. And she's kind of coming in halfway. I mean, he's coming in two-thirds of the way through the trilogy. And he's going to... I mean, in reality, he was just kind of like a very small part of this. He, he was. Has, he has two important moments. He has the first scene where he attacks and injures Rocket. And then he has the final scene where he saves Quill, and that's it. Yeah, I was saying also too, um, not to get off of Adam Warlock, but he's like most characters, like I was I was talking to somebody like Craglin and Cosmo, like they were people were like, you know, why weren't they in the movie? I don't understand, like why are they so important? Like 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 they were both on like the posters and, and stuff, but like you have to realize that they're even though they're a part of the gardens, they're a smaller they're like brand new to the We're group. They're side characters, man. They're side characters yeah. at that moment. From now going forward, they'll probably be more of a major character. Not major, major, but somewhat. Well, well, because a lot of space gets cleared up in the fact that we're not going to see a bunch of these characters again uh, anytime soon with the Guardians. Uh, yeah, we're not going to get. We, we, we could save that till we could save that towards the end when we talk about the end of the movie. We get to the end, but like, there's not going to be a volume four of Guardians unless James Gunn decides to come back. I mean, yeah, maybe if he gets fired from DC, if he gets fired then, from DC, but I highly doubt it because DC loves him. Okay, well, he's the why, why wouldn't DC love him? He, uh, I saw a debate online, which is like, is he the greatest comic book film director of all time? And I I'm that's a really tough one for me because he's only directed the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, if you're asking me who the greatest comic book movie director is, I mean, I look at versatility to a degree and I'd have to say it's the Russos simply because they've done two cat movies and then they did arguably the two biggest movies in the history of cinema. Well, not cinema, uh, comic book cinema. I'd say the best the best Marvel directors that we've had are definitely the Russos 
Um, at one point, Josh Whedon was a, a was a good director. Now, for certain reasons, he's not. <laughs> well, well, I mean, he did in MCU. He did just the first two Avengers. He did the first two Avengers movies. Yeah, the first Avengers is a classic, but a classic. Uh, Age of Ultron it is hit or miss for some people. For me, it's a hit always. Mm-hmm. For me, no, it's good. I mean, it's just not as good as the original. No, it's not going to be as good as the original. Well, um, that, while we're on the topic of rankings, let's let's just get this out of the way now because you know it's going to come up at some point here, Nick. And before we really dive into the story and the characters, yes, tell me, is Guardians three the best of the trilogy? Listen, man, I don't know. I need to rewatch the third one. To me, the first one holds near and dear to my heart. It's really tough. Um, it, I need to. I need to rewatch it. I need to. It, it, it could be. It could be one three two for me, or three one two. You know. Yeah. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people didn't like the second one because of you know ego. I guess was the main problem with that. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of volume two. Ego wasn't really my issue. Uh, I mean, it was kind of predictable that he was going to turn on Star-Lord at some point. But my problem with volume two was more that like, I mean, for me, volume two's humor didn't hit as well as volume one. It's it's kind of a subjective thing. Oh, yeah. but, but, but I'm going to sit on the side that Guardians 3 is the best of the trilogy. Now, I'm saying that after only having watched it once, that opinion might change. But the reason I'm saying that is because even though I know this movie is built off the back of volume one and without volume one, it wouldn't have turned out nearly as well as it did. Mm. I can't help but think about just how much this movie did in and of itself in terms of finishing up and tying up everything that our characters went through. You know, we have every, I'm t- it turned a talking raccoon into a very serious character yes. that we all love, give him a traumatizing backstory, which explains away and actually in my eyes improves volume two. That's because what I was going to say. I was going to say the exact same thing. Part of what I didn't like about Volume 2 was that Rocket was such an asshole. Yeah. And that's what I like about... That's what Volume 2... It kind of... Volume 3 helps Volume 2 because it helps bring that story into into clearity. I was going to say clearity, if that's even a fucking word. It's not a word, but, <laughs> it's not a word, but it sounds like a word. Um, It, it kind of gives it that that spotlight. Like it, it shows more of that story that you didn't know about, because with with Rocket, he was the only person that really didn't have his story talked about a lot, you know, and that's why the third one really does a great job of doing that. If you think about the first two movies, the first movie is basically Quill. I mean, let, let's be honest, the first movie is all Quill. First movie is all Quill. The second one, I mean, to me, is kind of Quill as well. It is, but there's a lot of Gamora and Nebula in that one. And then we also meet Mantis and Drax and Rocket. I mean, of course, Groot, too, but like Groot, Groot's just a fun character. Groot. The thing I like about Groot is Groot is not such a complicated character. He's so simple. Like it's there's no there's no need to tell a story behind him because he literally doesn't have like a backstory. (laughs) There's nothing to him. Yeah. You know, he's just Groot. He's he's a he's a G. Yeah, he's a a G. (laughs) No. yeah, that's what I like about him. He's, he's just he's not that he's he's easy. All right, let's dive back into the plot here. So Rocket gets incapacitated. They try to give him a med pack for his wounds and it starts to shock him. It turns out the high evolutionary put a what did they call it? Uh, a kill switch. A kill switch on Rocket's heart, 
that he could blow to kill Rocket at any point. Yeah, that's messed up. Mm -hmm. So the Guardians realized we got to figure out a way to kill the kill switch. We got to find the code to beat it. All right, we're going to go invade Orgo Corp. I think that was the name. Yes, Orgo Corp. That looks like a looks like a Celestial's butthole. Yeah, and they're in the head of a Celestial. So it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. So they send off, and then who's leading the Ravagers that are going to help them get into Orgo Corp? But Gamora. Gamora. But I was kind of, I was kind of shocked when I saw. It. I was like, oh, I forgot she's a part of the Ravagers. Yeah. So I, I had remembered that when, when they said that they were meeting up with people, I'm like, okay, Nebula's calling Gamora because like th- they have to get her involved. As soon as I saw what's called uh, Sylvester Stallone, what was his character? Not is the Car O'Gord. The Car O'Gord. What's his like? What's his name though? His name name. Uh, it's like something Hawk or something. Oh, Starhawk. Star. Wait, no, no. I th- is it Starhawk? Maybe it is. It might be. I, I like, thought. I thought his name was just Takaro Gord. Maybe you're right. No, nah, he's got like a maybe in the comics or something, but he's got like a name, same as all the Guardians do. Um, I saw him and I was like, I was like, oh shit, and then I was like, oh Gamora, that's right, I forgot about her. Yeah, and then there's Gamora. So. And we get some really funny banter here between like her and Quill because Quill's basically just like, you know, we were in love, you know. And Gamora's like, "Who are you?" Sorry, Quinn. Sorry, Quinn. Quill. Quill. <laughs> um, and that's kind of, that's kind of like a reference back to what's called back to uh, Infinity War and Endgame with Thor. Oh, Quail. What? Quail. That, yes, that's, Quail. That's what I said. No, you said you said Quail. Uh, oh. <laughs> Yeah. One of the most, and I've actually read this before. One of the jokes that Marvel often like recycles is just people calling other characters by the wrong name. Yeah, and it's mostly the biggest one was Rocket because Rocket would like he everybody always Rabbit, Squirrel, Hedgehog, Rodent. Like he like like yeah. at this point now it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a joke anymore going forward. But no, it shouldn't. But but it'd be kind of funny if it was. I'm a raccoon, damn it. So. I mean, we this movie. Uh, so they're breaking into Orgo Corp. They have the uh, the the scene. The, they released this clip beforehand with uh, Quill talking to Gamora yes. on the uh, on the headset, and it yeah. turns out everybody else could hear what he was saying, yes, and yeah. that was really funny in my eyes. This the, the humor in this movie really really worked. I thought it really really worked really well, and I thought I thought that uh, that uh, Chris Pratt in particular was particularly funny in this movie, especially the f bomb. Well, the the f bomb is just it's noteworthy because there hasn't been one before in Marvel. I'm sorry. The one one of the other lines I laughed at really hard, where Drax is like, "Are we still talking shit, <laughs> Mantis? You asshole!" <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, "That's great." Those two have such a a great relationship among the Guardians, Drax and Mantis. They really do, and it's sad. And it's sad to see, like, obviously we'll get to it, but it's sad to see, like, how it how it ends with everybody. Um, but like, yeah, they have such a funny, like, it's so like their chemistry is amazing. No, I, I mean, the Guardians two, they had like three or four moments together, and all of them were gold. And then in Infinity War, they had their moments where they were interacting with the Avengers and or. Yep. That was great stuff, and then in this movie too. Even even in this movie, we'll continue with this as they're going to the uh, was the the Orga Orga uh, Orga Corp Orgo Corp yeah Orgo Corp. Um, as they're going to that, so they have they have to find a way to sneak in, obviously, and they had that running joke like, oh, uh, (laughs) 
yeah, I have that guy. He's a little, he's a little stupid, you know. Oh my god, yes. So one of those. So they break in, and they uh, Nathan Fillion, uh, who uh, is like he's a really close friend of James Gunn. Yes. Uh, he cameos here as one of the security guards at Oracle Corp, mm-hmm. and he breaks in, and Drax is there, and Star Lord is basically able to convince him, like, oh hey, you know, excuse my friend, you know, he's he's a little slow, you know. <laughs> He's like, oh, I got one of those. <laughs> and he's, yeah. <laughs> I got one of the yeah, it's it sucks. It's terrible. I think it's it's so it's so funny how they just bring it. They bring out like dry like we know Drax is like is somewhat of an idiot, but like he his humor is just it's just great. Well, that's the thing about this movie too, is that uh they really do deepen Drax as a character. You know, relative to what we saw in like volume two, like we only got hints really about like beyond of Drax's character beyond just like the comedy. Like we're introduced to him in the first movie mm-hmm. and Drax is seen as like the destroyer, you know, he kicks ass, he, you know, everything like that. And then in the second movie, we really, you know, Drax is kind of sidelined in the second movie for a bit. You know, he really doesn't have much going on on his own. And then in this movie, that he finally gets like what I would call like a real arc where, you know, they're talking about him being an idiot most of the movie. Mm-hmm. And yet later on, in one of the most pivotal moments of the movie, Drax ends up being one of the reasons why the Guardians are able to survive. Yeah, I mean, he's a what's called. He's I mean, he's the, one of the besides Groot. He's like one of the most solid guys that they have. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the strongest. Like I, I when I saw him go up against Adam Warlock, I was like shit he's like the muscle you know but i like how at the end of the movie and, and this one i'll bring up for now because we're just talking about him I, they're discussing like you know drax you weren't made to be a destroyer you were made to be a dad and he never got the chance to be that to his own daughter no but he never... when it came when it came to saving the children and helping out the children that the high evolutionary had captured for his experiments you know he was he was so good with them you know he was made to be a dad he's he's softer than you might think yeah he definitely he definitely he has a soft spot i mean listen the amount of times he when he threw that ball at the kid well i mean yeah (laughs) he tries to be such a sweetheart but at the same time he could like he could fuck up sometimes yeah well that's kind of the whole thing with him is that he's kind he is like a gentle giant he but at the, same, at the same time, he he really does have that like that soft side to him where you could tell he really cares, you know, and no, he does. that's what I, I really like, because as we were kind of saying earlier, like everybody gets their moment and like him included, like he really does. No, I, I think I think he does. I think everybody does in a way. So let's transition and let's talk about the saddest part of the movie for me, which is Rocket's backstory. Um. This this is what made me cry, I think, twice in this movie. Um, so Rocket's backstory, we see him getting tortured, tormented by the high evolutionary. Um, and then he's put into a cage and there he is with three people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's with Lila, Floor, and Teefs. And they all give themselves their names for when they get out of there going to the new world because they keep thinking that the high evolutionary is going to bring them to the new world. Yeah. And the four of them, I mean, they have such a, it's such a pure bond. And it really is like, it's just like so innocent. Like you love these four together. 
And obviously, you know, it, it's I kind of figured from the get go, like this isn't going to end well for them because, you know, if it ended well for them, like it wouldn't make sense. Well, yeah, I mean, we didn't what's called we didn't like spoiler. I know like I have to say I feel like I always have to say spoiler, even though we already made like a spoiler review. But like, even though they're like they're not in like any other part of any other movie they were never mentioned at all like we knew they were dead from the start like i knew it was going to happen and i think that's why it wasn't as i don't know i don't want to say it like it like i it was emotional but i don't want to say like it affected it didn't like hit me hard you know what i mean you know the the scene of them getting killed so basically rocket after seeing what the high evolutionary is going to do, the high evolutionary basically says, you know, we're going to take out rocket's brain. We're going to dissect it. You know, we're going to see what makes him tick as in to invent. Uh, and we're going to exterminate the entirety of batch 89, which is rocket and all of his friends of the experiments. So we're going to exterminate all of them. And then we're going to move on. And it's just kind of like a really sad scene where rocket decides I'm going to break them out. Mm -hmm. And then, he is successful. He gets a key card. He breaks them out. And as soon as he unites with Lila on the outside for the first time, uh, she gets shot. And then the high evolutionary shoots we uh, wheels floor and teeth. I keep thinking teeth's name is or is freaking wheels for some or floor's name is wheels. Wheels. I mean, he has wheels. He has wheels. That's why I keep thinking that. But it's floor. Uh, he also made the key card. Yeah. He also made the key card. He didn't steal it. Yeah, no. They, right. Right. He did. Um, and that was one of the first things we saw in the beginning of the movie, too. It still has the key card on it. still had the key card, which I didn't know until I went back and looked at reviews of it. I was like, oh, he had, a, he had the key card. Well, I, I didn't know what the hell that thing was in the beginning. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he never got rid of it. He never did anything like that. And I think he always kept it with him as a reminder of them. You know, you'd have to think that just as like something to matter to his character. Because as we see uh, at the point in the movie... Uh, so going forward into the movie a bit, Rocket is in like really critical condition. And as the Guardians are attempting to save him, like he basically dies for a second. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he, he, he runs into Lila and it's like you could tell how much they mean to him because like they're who he sees when he's about to die. Yep. So but the, the scenes were just heart wrenching, dude. Like, I got to be honest with you. I was even a little bit hesitant to go back and rewatch this movie again. Because of how sad those scenes made me, like, like truly. No, that, that's listen. That's understandable because movies, when you're really into a movie, it can almost feel like you're in it, and you kind of have that emotion come out of you, and you know sometimes you don't want to feel that emotion, but at the same time, it's sometimes it's good to have it. You know, sometimes it's good to let it out a little bit. You know, but it's definitely. I think on rewatch, it might be easier for you to watch it yeah. might not it might not be as hard-hitting even though it's still fresh. No, no, definitely definitely yeah um obviously a first movie experience is going to be something you'll never forget um with it with this movie i'll say it like this i felt when i watched this movie i kind of felt how how ang like when i watched endgame for the first time i felt like i wanted more at the end of it which is kind of selfish of me <laughs> but like I kind of wanted more out of it and I wanted to see where else the story went. Like it was kind of like the end of an era, same kind of deal. 
and which kind of made me feel like, you know, what now? What like where where are we going with this at this point? Like like I knew it was the I knew it was their last movie, which yeah. I guess you know what I mean. <clears throat> but at the same time, I think on rewatch, I'll definitely I'll definitely learn to to feel the the emotion. Same as how I feel like with spoiler. Same as how I feel with like when Tony died. Why, why do you have to say spoiler for that? It's because I feel like it's necessary. It's been four years, dude. Once you know once you know how been out for like a year. No, it, it, you don't need to say spoiler for that. That man is dead. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I don't know, but it feels like what's cool. It feels like when you re- on rewatch, it's a lot sadder because you you know it's coming and you have that emotion, you know. And I think I'll feel it more. When I feel like it would be a lot better because you rewatched the the last two Guardians, I didn't, so I feel like it would have hit harder if I probably rewatched them. Yeah, no, no, it, that that definitely helped with it because also it made me see things in this movie that maybe I otherwise would have forgotten about or you saw more of the story. Like you remember more of the storytelling. Well, yeah, I mean, like even think about it, like so at the end of this movie, you know, Drax is dancing. He doesn't now, he's not a dancer. After saying in Guardians 2, you know, there are those who dance and those who do not. You are a dancer, Quill. You, you need to find someone pathetic like you. I'll tell I'll tell you like you. I feel I'll, I'll tell you this. I was looking at you in the theater. You weren't looking at me, but I went over because uh the uh the uh abolisks. The abolisks, yeah. So so Mantis is like, they won't they won't eat you, they only eat batteries. And I look over to you and I'm like Arbulary battery. That's nothing like what I just said. It's nothing like what I just said. I would have loved if they threw in a joke there, where where they brought back the the arbulary battery joke because that said to, that 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 to me is like the funniest joke from Volume Two. The <laughs> fact that Dr- that Drax hears Anulax and thinks arbulary battery batteries. That's nothing like what I said. Yeah, it is. It is just. It is such a great joke. Um, but yeah. Well, I, I, Going back to the Orgo Corp scene, we actually had a couple of cameos. Um, I pointed it out. To, I pointed it out to you in the theater. James Gunn's wife was in it. Uh, Hardcore, yeah, from, D- from Peacemaker. Yeah, she cameoed in it. I didn't notice it at first, but then I'm like, "Holy shit! Wait, no, that's her." I know and you I'm, pulled me over. You're like, "You're like that's." Her. I was like, "I was like, oh, that's her." I looked it up afterward because I was waiting to see who else I missed. I didn't see it, but apparently Pete Davidson's in the movie. Where was he? I did not. I couldn't find out where he was. Apparently, it was a blink and you miss a cameo from Pete Davidson, and then apparently there was a cameo. I'll I'll look for it on second rewatch and I'll try and see if I see them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rat Catcher Two from the Suicide Squad as well. She was the what's called. I actually found that she was the uh, pink lady in the. Oh, that was her. I think that was her. Oh. I think that was her. Okay, I did not notice that. I'll have to check that out. I, I believe that's what I saw in a review that 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 was her. Uh, the one that Quill was hitting on? Yes. Uh, okay. Who was she? Was like the security. She was part of the security union, or she was a secretary or something like that. So, uh, let's get back to the Guardians here. I want to ask you. That's good. What do you think of the how they handled the Quill and Gamora relationship? Oh, listen, I I think they handled it pretty well. To me, when like I knew what's called. To me, Gamora 
was a was a character in my mind was already dead. It's not the same Gamora. So for me, it was kind of hard to adjust seeing them have to like replay. Like how was, how were they going to get back into where they like, they like each other again. Like they, like it's not, she's a totally different person, like literally a totally different person, even though she's the same person. And it's kind of, it was kind of hard for me to like get into where she was, she's not going to feel the same way. Like, but at some point, like at the end of the movie, she she accepts like that, you know, oh, I bet we were fun. Like, you know, like I know, like I'm not the same person, but at least I could give you like this kind of comfort in a way, like knowing that, like, I'm sorry that I don't feel this way, but I like I'm sure we were a blast together. Yeah. You know, the way it went. And I'm by the way, I'm kind of happy that they didn't just like push them back together at some point here. I'm happy they did do because you know what? It gives them it gives Quill a better chance to grow and move on given the fact that Gamora that's not his Gamora. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz he's been he was a drunken mess. Well, also considering that like Quill's going to be sticking around and we've already heard that Zoe Saldana is not returning as Gamora. She says she's done. It wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have made sense if you're going to keep bringing him back. And as the end credit scene showed, the legendary Star Lord will return. Yeah, you know, seeing all that, she she's gonna she's gonna do Avatar movies now. Well, yeah, she's got a bunch of those still coming. She's got those. She's got more billion dollar movies to hit. More two billion dollar movies, <laughs> and the, and then to boot, like it just wouldn't have made sense because think about the Gamora who fell in love with him. It took her being around Star Lord for like three or four years to finally fall in love with him. Yeah. And then we're going to say it's just going to happen in the course of one movie. She's going to get back to that same point with him. You also have to realize at that point, she during that time, she was a totally different person where she it was that she was she's literally the same Gamora. I remember from the first Guardians movie. Yeah. No, she pretty much exactly the same exact way. A little bit different in my eyes. She reminded me a little bit of Nebula, how violent she was. It yeah, was kind of- it's kind of weird because like Nebula and her in this movie are kind of the inverse of how they are in yeah, the first yeah. movie because Nebula is like in, in in she's in with the Guardians and in that first movie Gamora is the one in with the Guardians and Nebula is kind of the enemy. Gamora, yeah. this it's like slowly her like seeing how the Guardians are and like she's she's not part of them but like she understands and she kind of likes it. Yeah. I think what's called also Nebula and Gamora, they have like this communication, like they are hmm, hmm, like they have like that, like that's their way of like kind of communicating too with each other. Like that's how they are. Um, let's, I guess let's, what's called, let's get, let's go to Nebula for a second, I guess, if you want to talk about her. So, journey this character's been on when you even when you just look at these three movies. I don't even know if that tells a complete story. It's like you kind of have to include Infinity War and Endgame. I Nebula, Nebula was so deeply intertwined with Thanos. Like, uh, like Gamora was separate from Thanos in the respect that she weren't she, we didn't even like associate Gamora with Thanos and see her with Thanos until Infinity War. Right. Nebula was like working with Thanos in the first movie, you know, and seeing how she went from being a villain in volume one to kind of like an antagonist who eventually kind of comes to their side in volume two to infinity war, her fully teaming up with them against Thanos. 
mm-hmm. the end game, her literally becoming an Avenger and her and Rocket teaming up and joining the Avengers. And now to hear where she's in many ways, dude, at the end of this movie, her and Rocket are the leaders of the Guardians. They are, even though we'll, we'll get to how they wind, you know, they wind up. They they are in a way now the leaders of the Guardians. Um, she's definitely she's come a long way ever since the first Guardians movie, you know. And they have her and Rocket have such a such a connection, based off of the fact that they were both. I mean, Rocket more so that he was torn apart and put back together again. They have that connection where they have like that shared trauma. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they have they have that where like it, it it's it sticks and they kind of care for each other. And I kind of saw that even though it was quick, I kind of saw that in like the holiday special where like she get, she got like Bucky's arm for for Rocket. Like they care about each other very much throughout that like five year gap that they weren't the ones who got snapped. Also, like they've come so far since like. I want to say this since the second movie, because that's where really they kind of like had their interactions more. You know, they've come so far. Well, the blip is like actually that kind of an important part of it when you think about it, because Rocket's whole thing is that he finally has the family around him and Nebula, the same thing. And then in Infinity War, that's like taken from them. So like the two of them becoming closer and everything, it makes perfect freaking sense. And Nebula in this movie, we even hear her. It was a very quick line. She's they're watching the footage of what the high evolutionary did to Rocket. Mm-hmm. And even she says, This is worse than anything Thanos ever did to me. Yeah. You know, and hearing something like that, it's like you could just hear like how much, like, wow, like she really does care for Rocket. And Nebula in general, like just like the whole growth she's gone. She went from being a cold-hearted assassin to like really being like you could argue one of the most caring people in the guardians, you know, she, she doesn't show it in a conventional way, but like she has a real heart. She does. I mean, I don't know if she has a real heart, but she, <laughs> she definitely has a real, might be a robot heart. Yeah. Might be a robot heart. She definitely has a real heart. And I also like the upgrade she has gotten in this movie that rocket made her that like, uh, what am I thinking of? Um, oh, the gun, the gun, like the gun, but like it was a, um, Kind of like nanotech. nanotech nanotech it was it was nanotech and she's able to like create whatever weapon she so pleases which i like that a lot because she's like a she's a fighter she's a warrior same as gamora you know so to see her have like that ability is like pretty awesome i thought also she had in the beginning of the movie she had like this kind of tony stark kind of vibe with the with the jetpack on she was like almost like a cop to me yeah she she yeah. is she she is like a protective she is like the leader of nowhere of the guardians base that's like yeah. her home she's 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 leading the guardians at nowhere exactly yeah. and i think it's it's a great role now look i don't know if we're going to see nebula again but I think-, I think it's possible but i mean a very very good ending for her character i think too i think so, so. All right, so let's talk about the bastard himself. Let's talk about the High Evolutionary. So the High Evolutionary is an asshole, a dickhead, a mis- uh, a deviant. He's a fucking dickhead. He's a deviant? I'm not that kind of deviant, but he's, he's just... <laughs> he's a fucking douche. I mean, 
Yeah. <laughs> so hateable. The reviews are like, oh, he's so hateable. And I'm like, what does it mean for a villain to be hateable? Like, like, am I going to hate him because he sucks or am I going to hate him because the character is like literally that big of a dick? It turns out the second part is true. <laughs> um, I'll tell you this. Watching him with Baby Rocket mm-hmm. made me, after the tears went away, I'm just like, I want this motherfucker to get it. So when he shoots and kills Rocket's three friends, and then Rocket starts going to town on him, ripping at his head and everything, which I think is the reason why he's got like a plate in his head now, right? Is is that why? He's got a plate and it's he's got like a fake face on or his yeah, old. I think that's the reason why, because like Rocket was ripping his face to shreds. Yep. I was I was so happy in that moment. I mean, even though like it was a sad scene, I was like, good for Rocket getting his fucking vengeance on this dude. Well, yeah. He didn't he didn't kill him. So now it begs the question because he is a, I think he's a great villain, but he's not a great villain in the same sense of how I think about Thanos in that. Like when I think of Thanos, I say he's a great villain because he has a motivation that makes sense. And you almost like see his point of view. I can't see his point of view here. The high evolutionary. He's just so straight up unlikable. He literally, Mike, he killed he killed a group. <laughs> he killed a whole planet because they were selling meth. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Star Star Lord's on the ship. Like, yeah, perfect society. Got people selling crystal meth. He's like, oh uh, yeah, I know. And then the next scene, he blows up the planet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let let's be honest here. He is he is not he is not a likable guy, but also like like you've said many scenarios, like you know a great villain when the character is not likable. Mm-hmm. No, that that is definitely a way of putting it. Yeah, definitely a way of putting it. Um, to me, he is is is, is he the best villain since Thanos? Ah, uh, if you think about it, of every villain we've had since Thanos, besides I'm, I'm for this, I'm going to remove the Spider-Man villains because we've known them for like 20 years. Oh yeah, we've known them, but that's I'm, I wasn't even thinking about them. Um, to me, I think, see that the problem is that we've had so far, we've had two good villains back to back. We've had Kang and we've had, uh, the, with the high evolutionary to me, to me, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's been the best villain since Thanos. I don't know. Cause I like to me, him and Kang, it, it's hard. It's, it was like, it's like a couple months between the movies. So it's still, I'm still sitting with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm unsure at the moment. Um, I'm gonna say yes for now, because when I watched like Tang in Quantum Mania, I was like, okay, you know, he's definitely a good villain in the sense that like I thought Jonathan Major's performance was very good, mm-hmm. but he didn't get me to the point of like me wanting to see his downfall. You know, he hadn't done anything to the Ant Man family yet. Where I was like, oh, this guy is so despicable. He's like the highest level. The high evolutionary was I wanted to see him get destroyed by Rocket and the Guardians. And seeing at the end of this movie, the way he gets like his face taken off by Rocket. Mm -hmm. I'm like that. I was that was satisfying. Yeah. As where he died too. There hasn't been a villain that has made me want the hero 
to kill them and take them down like that since Thanos. The thing I like about the thing I like about the character is that they made a joke about it too, uh, with Star Lord saying like, "Oh, like I don't want to hear your story about how your mom didn't love you and this and that." Like, it's like at this point, it's like an ongoing joke with with villains and how like they're so fucking depressed that yeah. they have to find the way to like fucking take control and and do something better for the world. Meanwhile, he's like, "Oh, I don't want to conquer the world. I want to perfect it." And like, I'm like, bro, no, yeah. Uh, there, there is no God. That's why I stepped in, you know, and I'm, <laughs> when I hear him say that, and then I look at the personal connection he had to rocket in this movie, uh-huh. what he did, I, combine all that and combine that with Chuck Woody Iwuji's excellent performance in that I, I thought he really did a good job of making this character as unlikable as he did. He, 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 to me is probably my my favorite villain in the sense that like I thought he was the best villain since Thanos. Dude, he was so the fact of how let's put it this he was jealous as shit when he realized that Rocket was smarter than him and Rocket was just barely like he was barely like he was just started being an experiment. So he was literally brand fresh new and he thought of like how to fix the problem with uh turning turning like the good experiments for batch ninety into something uh something like a regular human but in like an animal form yeah like no he was jealous of rocket's intellect which is part of the whole reason he wanted him captured yeah because he needed rocket's assistance in figuring this all out he was going to use the whole thing he was going to use his intelligence and put it into his own brain like that's that was my thought process and also a quick side note when they were doing the mutation in the beginning uh they used a turtle and I was like, oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because <laughs> it, oh, it literally, it literally looked like that. Let's be honest here. <laughs> James Gunn was kind of going for that. I was like, all right, that's a little bit of a shout out right there. Um, But like, yeah, he was jealous of him. 100%. He was like, I, I, how come I didn't think of this? Like, come on, like, come on, man. You're really, you're really going to be jealous over a baby raccoon, man. Really? Yeah. And the whole scene with him and Star-Lord up there while Star-Lord's, like, trying to get to one of his guys to try and get the passcode out. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole scene was just, like, you know, the high evolutionary is delusional in a way because he thinks he can do it, right? In the sense that, oh, he can perfect society, something which, you know, simply just can't be done. No. And, but two, he's also got this streak about him where you know he 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 doesn't care you know there's no he 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 claims that he's trying to help and like i guess that's to him like his empathy i'm trying to perfect the world but like the damage he causes along the way is just like you know catastrophic compared to the benefits he's supposedly creating yeah, yeah honestly his his whole plan throughout honestly did not he, he really just he didn't think any of this through he's like oh i'm going to make this perfect world where everything is perfect exactly the way it should be and there's no issues whatsoever you know and one thing i like about uh, star lord in that scene with him is that he's going above and beyond to save rocket because he can't afford to lose another friend yeah just as rocket said in the second movie i can't afford to lose somebody else you know quill's like paying him back that same favor quill is paying him back that same favor he was right right off the bat 
we need to save him right away. Like there's no time we need to do this. He was straight up willing to sacrifice his own life for him. But to be fair, Rocket is Quill's second best friend. Yeah, so so Drax says he's or like Drax. Oh, yeah. Drax is obviously, you know, the running joke in this movie being Quill. Quill's like, I gotta save my best friend, second best friend, second best friend. <laughs> yeah, man. So after they save him, and you're like, we finally get Rocket back. Uh, but everything's not fine because the Guardians aren't united because you know Drax had to ride the bike and you know he had to to go to the ship. Let's take the bike to the ship. But it's right there. I just I want to ride it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. He decks that guy, takes his bike. That's great. Let's talk about what's called. Let's talk about it real quick. Um, because I because he's such a side character in this movie a little bit. Adam Warlock. So yeah, we get to the point yeah. where uh Adam Warlock and his mother, I is it Aisha? Is it Aisha, his, yeah. I, Aisha. So we see we see them for a short amount of time, and she's like, one thing I liked is that the fact that uh, the high evolutionary created them, created the, yeah, sovereign, the whole sovereign race, yeah. Which I like how that kind of connects volume two and volume three a little bit. Yeah, I, I like that little connection. It sort of, it sort of makes again. It kind of makes the high evolutionary seem like the final boss of the trilogy. In a way, yeah. It's you know? it, it's in a way it is. It's pretty Cause interesting because in, in volume two, the the sovereign were like the the background villain behind mm-hmm. ego, obviously. And then they they it turns out were like beholden to the main villain of, of Volume Three, and that's why I think Volume Two gets a step up because of Volume Three. Mm-hmm. No, I, that, again, it improves it further. I agree. Adding that backstory, mm-hmm. you know, it just it, it creates another level, you know, that connection. And that's and again, we've said this before. That's something Marvel does so 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 well is add in little connections here and there that just enrich the story here, you know. And they've always been doing that. No, they've they've always been credit to James Gunn though. I mean, because well, he's you know, a great storyteller. Well, he he is, and and I mean, you know, we we were talking earlier. Oh, who's the best? You know, there's a reason DC wants him running their studio. You know, because because everybody knows he takes care of the characters that he's that he's in charge of. I think we were lucky enough to have him for this last movie. Well, uh, we almost didn't. We almost, we almost did. didn't. You know, he was fired for like eight months. He was fired for me. I'm I'm really glad that he was able to come back and finish it. You know, it wouldn't have felt right if there was a third, uh, a third, uh, a, another director directing the third movie. It, it wouldn't have. I don't think the third one would have even happened. No, true. The cast was saying they wouldn't have done it cast without gun. Done it without gun, and I think that's one of the major things about it. You know, Chris Pratt credits James Gunn for like starting his career pretty much. Yeah, I mean, and also Dave Batista, you know, he wasn't even going to do it. They love him. They love this guy. They know how great of a guy he is. I mean, besides all the other crap in the past, I mean, but like, still. He truly does. I mean, this movie is emblematic of just how much he cares for his character. And he said, you know, Rocket to me is like, Rocket is like me. He says he sees a lot of himself in Rocket. And you can tell like how much he cares for Rocket. Well, like you said, they made a they made a ra- people care about a raccoon. Exactly, and a talking tree. Talking tree. You know, so from there they go to the final battle. You know, turns out the high evolutionary has a bunch of animals and people being held hostage on his ship. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite moments from this final battle is obviously Rocket. Um, he is going through. He comes across the animal cages, and he sees one nor- from North America species raccoon. 
Yep. And he realizes after all this time, yes, he is a raccoon. I like how he says it. I'm Rocket Raccoon. Uh huh. And before that, though, we get this epic fucking action scene. This single cut. To Brooklyn. The Beastie Boys, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. And it's a one cut, no cuts in between. It's just the Guardians kicking ass. And I, I, it reminded me a lot because obviously when you talk about one cuts and you think of Marvel, you think of like the Daredevil hallway scenes. Yeah. You know, it kind of reminded me of that, except instead of just focusing on one guy, we're talking about like six or seven different people kicking ass. It, it reminds me in a way of that scene in Age of Ultron where all the Avengers are in one place and they're all kicking ass at the same time in that one scene. Yeah, the scene in the beginning of the movie, right? Yeah. Well, that that, and also the ending scene, too. Oh, the one in Sokovia, too, right? When they're protecting the storm. Like, like they're all working together in, like, one single spot. Mm-hmm. You know, compared yeah, no, to that like, one, too. Right. It's like the first Avengers movie where, obviously, like, they only had, like, a couple, like, their scenes were, like, back and forth. Like, those scenes were actually combined. Like, they were all together in that moment. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Both of those scenes actually are very good references to this. They're they're very similar, but this was just the guard. And by the way, the soundtrack in this movie phenomenal as you would always expect. I mean, I don't know what else. Oh, you yeah. Especially the ending song. Yeah. Well, do, you, do you know the name of it? Because I've been singing it in my head, but I don't know the name of it. Uh, I think it's called the the dark days are, are over now. But I either way, it... um. So our final battle commences on the ship, and the high evolutionary captures Rocket. Rocket escapes and he's like, I'm not 89P13. You know, the name's Rocket, Rocket Raccoon. And then all the guardians start going to fucking town on the high evolutionary. Knocked him the fuck out. And that delivers the fatal blow. Uh, Gamora. It was Gamora, right? Yeah. And then she ripped off the face mask. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's called Dog Days Are Over. Dog Days Are Over. Um, yeah, she was, she gave the final blow and then all of a sudden she took off the face mask and revealed like what, what Rocket had done to him years ago, many years ago. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and that, that, that made me feel better for Rocket. Cause it's like Rocket did his damage on the guy. That was, I mean, listen, I'm surprised they showed that. I'm surprised. Like this well, is a hard PG 13. Like this, this is like, I know it's not going to be rated R because, but it can be. It could have been. It could have been a radar movie, and we would have been shocked by it. But honestly, well, I would have I would have loved if they if they made it rated R because then unlimited f bombs. Oh, it's unlimited f bombs, but at the same time, it's just like to me the amount of like I remember James Gunn said this in an interview and about the f bomb, and it was exactly like Kevin Feige uh, had the same situation with the Russos and how like there was supposed to be an F bomb in a certain scene. And it was taken out or something in like Endgame. that in Endgame. In, in Endgame. And they were like, Oh, do you want this to be your legacy? You know, for, for like Marvel or whatever. And then James Gunn was like, he's like, don't do this to me. Don't just think, you know, I could, cause don't you think know, you're talking me out of it. You're making me, you're talking me out of this, you know? <laughs> and what did he do? That was his, that's his, now that, that is his legacy. He, he was the first person to have an F bomb in a Marvel movie. You know what the rumored F bomb in Endgame was? Uh no. Oh, it, it, oh, it was Steve, wasn't it? No. Was it, who was it? I thought I, I I thought I watched something with the Russos a long, long time ago, probably in like the year after Endgame came out, mm-hmm. where the rumored F bomb was Tony saying "fuck you" and then snapping. 
That was, yeah, yeah, that was. I thought it would have been what's called because I know I know Steve wouldn't say it, but it would be cool if he did in the beginning of it, uh, where Steve would be where, where they're about to go get Thanos, and they're like, "Let's go get this fucking son of a bitch." Yeah, like that would have been a great. I'm like, oh shit, because <laughs> Steve doesn't curse that often. No, he doesn't. He simply so doesn't. it would have been it would have caught me completely off guard, and it would have been a great scene. Yeah. But, I mean, they take him out, and then they blow up his ship. And as they're doing it, Star-Lord drops his Walkman or his whatever, Zune. Mm-hmm. He goes back to retrieve it, and because he goes back to retrieve it, he gets blown up and launched into space. And he dies. Or so we think. So we think. Um, Adam, Adam Warlock, out of nowhere, gets his hero moment because I, I forget who it was. Was it Drax or Nebula? Who was like, who basically like hinted at his redemption in an earlier scene? Somebody had. Um, about what's called about Mantis going to see his his grandfather. Mantis. Right. Yeah. Right. So we knew like he still had unfinished business to do, like he still has a lot a lot more to to go through. Um, but yeah, he I I was that honestly was shocking. I was like, oh, they. So he is the one that's going to die. And then all of a sudden he didn't. Were you surprised that none of them died? Not really. No, you were by the end of it. You weren't. I was every, every chance I saw, I was like, uh, they, they're not going to kill somebody off this easily. Like at first in the, in the beginning, like all of a sudden everybody was just like messed up. Like Drax was messed up. Nebula was messed up. Groot was messed up. He only was ahead. Yeah, I know. The Adam Warlock decapitated Groot. Adam Warlock decapitated, like threw him into the ground so many times. It's like, and it's like he took a rocket, and I'm like, I'm like, bro, this guy's kicking, kicking ass and taking names. And, and like in a genuine sense, even though Adam Warlock didn't have a big role in the movie, like they showed, like he's very, very powerful. Yeah, and they and they did so many fake outs, like with with all the characters, like potentially potential deaths, and I was like. I can't see them killing anybody right now. Well, I figured kind of like as the movie went on, I began to really figure it out and I kind of like started crossing people off. Like, all right, I don't think this one's going to die. I don't think that one's going to die. When Rocket like almost died midway through the movie and then like he goes to heaven and then Lila's like, yes, you can come with us, but not now. You have unfinished business and then he survives. Yes. Like, okay, so Rocket's safe because we already had our fake out with him. Yeah, he was about to go into the light and didn't. I didn't think it would be Quill because they were referencing his grandpa the entirety of the movie. And so I'm like, and but when the scene came, I'm like, oh, my God, would they actually would they actually do this? But they didn't. And I'm like, that's exactly why, because the whole thing had been referencing him going back to Earth and maybe like seeing his grandpa from the first movie, mm-hmm. you know, on the same day. And I think it was Mantis who's like, you know, same day he lost his daughter, his grandson gets abducted. Yep. It's a big thing. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm it's it's really better off that they didn't kill any of them. It really is when the you look only, at it. the only one that that I thought could have died was Drax. Yeah, because we know he's done anyway. Dave Batista has been like, this is it. You will never see me as Drax again. So I'm like, OK, well, then it would make sense that maybe like they're he's the one that they kill. But when when they didn't kill anybody, I was pretty happy with that. I just think what's called, I think so many people, that's one thing I, it's such a bad thing. It's like you expect them to kill somebody, but like 
at the same time, they didn't. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, like, Guardians 1 ended with Root dying. Guardians yeah. 2 ended with Yondu dying. Mm-hmm. They didn't necessarily need to do it again. No, they didn't need to, but people were like, oh, they're he's going to die. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised, but this is... I give I give James Gunn a lot of credit because sometimes when a character when characters like think of Age of Ultron, one of the things people complain about with Age of Ultron is that they killed a character who was pretty insignificant at the time, like Quicksilver. He had only been around for one movie, mm-hmm. but like in a way, it felt like the movie had no stakes because none of the main characters were ever in any real danger. Yeah. In this movie, all the main characters are in danger, and you're worried about it the entire time. But they didn't need to kill one for the movie to feel like it had stakes. No, not at all. There was always stakes to it. You know, there there are certain movies where for the finality of it, a character dying at the end of it makes sense. Like 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 Tony. When when Tony died, it made sense because it was an it was a war, and war always has a casualty at the end. Well, yeah, they knew he knew what he was what's called. He knew he what he was sacrificing for. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. My sister probably is probably just getting out of the movie now. Mm-hmm. So I, I already know for a fact, but she's literally been watching it while we've been recording. <laughs> so at this point, we don't know exactly. We 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 know kind of what she's going through right now. <laughs> he is literally, she is probably so upset right now. <laughs> I, all just I told her, I told her not to wear mascara. I told her don't wear don't wear anything that's gonna drip. <laughs> Yeah, I I would what's called I would honestly for for anybody that's gonna go watch it, you know, in the theater at this at this moment right now, uh, when it but when it does come out like on on uh, Blu-ray and Disney Plus and all that stuff, I definitely recommend uh not having anything on your face. <laughs> definitely a tearjerker. Oh my, yeah, no, without question. So, uh, then the Guardians win. Will get saved by Adam Warlock. And then Gamora has her goodbye with Quill, which we already kind of discussed. Mm-hmm. But it leads to Quill uh, talking like, I need you to get the team together. And then we find out Quill's leaving. Yep, He's leaving the Guardians and he's like, I have to go out. You know, uh, I haven't been back home since I was eight. Right. He was eight years old. Yeah. And then I was like, OK, that makes sense. And then he appoints Rocket, the new captain of the Guardians. And he was like, "You've always you, you you've always been like the captain in a way." Like, it's he, the heart. Yeah, uh, Ro- Rocket's always been the heart of the Guardians. Yeah, I think so. And as much as he may not have been like the leader by a label, I mean, think about the fact people have seen the fact that he's a leader. Thor thought he was the captain. Thor thought he was the captain many times. You know, in Infinity War, thought Thor was like, "You're obviously the captain here, right?" Oh, let me ask the captain. Oh, wait, it's me. <laughs> the rabbit is correct and clearly the smartest among you. Rabbit. <laughs> uh, you know, what's funny is that a uh, floor was a rabbit. He was a rabbit. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So from there, we know that, you know, Quill was going to go back home. You know, and once he's... they started talking about his grandpa, I'm like that. We have to get a scene at the end of this movie with with him, with his grandpa. And we did. Yeah. Touching that was your that was the other moment you cried you said right yeah that was the one that the the last one that got me so uh, I guess we could uh, jump to that and then come back to the rest of them so Quill ends up leaving nowhere and he goes down to Earth and we see him go to his grandpa's house 
and he goes into the backyard. His grandpa's there. Mm-hmm. And I forget what the grandpa's first name. I thought it was Joe. Maybe it was Joe. I don't know. Somewhere Jim. And uh and he just looks at him and he's like, Peter, and like he immediately recognizes him. And like when he runs up to him and he just hugs him, I'm just like, that's fucking like it was a tear jerk moment because you know, even though a lot of people like talk shit about Star Lord, you know, because of what he did in Infinity War. Hell, even he pokes fun at it in this movie. He's like, you know, I lost my temper and then I, you know, nearly cost us half the universe. <laughs> nearly. It it happened. Well, for five years it did. Yeah. For five years. If it weren't for Doctor Strange and Tony Stark, it would have, but yeah. <laughs> Technically it was it was always the plan for him to do that. Let's be honest here. <laughs> That's Part why Strange it. didn't stop him, right? When you think about it, Strange never stopped him. Strange was the only person that had the ability to stop him. He, Steve, like, Strange wasn't during that time. Where was he that whole time? He wasn't holding anything down. I think he was. No, I think he was holding one of Thanos' arms. Mm, might have. Might have been. Well, like, still, Strange could have stopped for a half second. and you know, He could have had the cloak stop him. And, like, either way, so, like, you know, like, but, like, that that's not the point. But, like, the genuine... The point, <laughs> Like, even Quill knows that like he fucked up. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. And the thing about it that I've I've always enjoyed, I've always I've I'm a big Chris Pratt fan. So you know, from his days on Parks and Rec, Chris Pratt's always been one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. And but I've always liked Star Lord because of his humor and the fact that like you know as much as like he can be a dickhead, kind of like Rocket. Him and Rocket are very similar. But as much as he can be like a dickhead and a jokester and everything like that, mm-hmm. like you can tell with Quill that like he he really does care about like the people <clears throat> around him. And seeing him get back in touch with his roots on Earth and everything like that, especially after losing Gamora and not re- being able to refill that hole in this movie, like people maybe thought that he would. Seeing that, I'm like, you know, that was touching. It wasn't like a sad cry. It was more like a touching cry. Well, a touching cry. I mean, he he that's the only family that he's had left, mm-hmm. you know, his 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 real family, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, what? That's my freaking father, you know? That's my freaking... Yeah, I know. But that's, like, his only real family that he had left, like, his actual family. You know what, uh, whatchamacallit? So, it's actually kind of funny. So, at the, after the movie ended, um, my friend John, who was is, who is at the movie with us, uh, he looked at me, and, and we were discussing, we were still in the theater, and <laughs> uh, the credits were rolling, and I was like, yeah, no, I cried, like, three times. And at that exact moment, the picture of Drax from Volume Two, where he's laughing and pointing at Quill, and then he just turns to me and says, "You must be so embarrassed." <laughs> Dude, that's like an ongoing joke we had all night. <laughs> you must be so embarrassed. Oh, um, yeah, but. I it made me tear up, dude. It was it was a great scene, and he, him and Rocket have always been my two favorite on the Guardians. Mm-hmm. So you know, seeing both of them in a way get a happy ending was it was very nice to see. Yeah, it it definitely was. Um. So yeah. So now we know uh, what's called. So Mantis, she was always told that you know she was always told what you know what to do by Ego, and she always felt like that way with the Guardians. And now she's uh-huh. gonna try and figure out on her own what she wants in life, and now that's why that's her reason for leaving. Yeah, which is understandable too. I mean, understandable. It, it also it it serves the storyline of the Guardians not being together anymore if they all split up. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, by sending them all their separate ways, 
you know, you can't then say if there's an attack on the on the, uh, you know, the Nova Corps. Oh, hey, why aren't the Guardians here? Well, they're split up. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're still they're still Guardians. I'm sure. They're still in, but like not, not all of them. Yeah. Let's be honest. I'm sure one day, maybe what's called, maybe one day all of them will return in some way. I'm thinking, honestly, in terms of when we could see the Guardians of the Galaxy next. Secret Wars. Probably Secret Wars, right? I'd imagine you'd have them all together one last time. You know, even if it's just for like a, a scene or something, you know, yeah. even if they're not part of the main story, like you'd have to imagine at some point Rocket, Brew, Kraglin, Nebula, and then maybe just pop up. Yeah, let them all, let's call it them all. You know, even what's, I know like Batista said he's done. I know, you know, Zoe Zaldana said, said she's done. But they could always come back if they want to. If they if they're needed for a story, like uh, something like that. Like this is this is like the last time you'll ever have to come back, you know. But it's just very important that the story for you to come back. No, of course. And any actor saying they're done, you know, there's always that like. That's like saying uh, Hugh Jackman. Oh, I'm done. I'm playing. Let's say like let's come on. Let's let's say six seven years from now, James Gunn's not at DC anymore. And he's coming back for Guardians 4. You're saying, like, Zoe Saldana and Drax wouldn't be like, ah, you know? It's like saying what's called, too, man. It's like saying, you know, Chris Evans is like, ah, you know. Like, Chris Evans will come back to the role maybe at some point. Yeah, I think he will at some point. Him, I, him, I definitely think he'll be Captain America at some point. I think he would definitely come back. I think it's just good right now to have a break. You know, he, right now, he like he's off doing directing and such and such and just doing whatever. And even what's called, even if RDJ decided to come back for one film, you know, I don't think people would be like unhappy about it. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying, especially if it's like a one off thing. It's know. like a one off thing. Like if he was in Secret Wars, I wouldn't mind it. Have to see how it plays out. You'd have to see. I, I would like, I, I would like it as a shocker. The, the thing is, like, if it was a secret and he just popped up, like, obviously, I'd be excited. Mm -hmm. But. At the same time, it's like, I don't like characters coming back just for the sake of the character coming back. Like, I want them to actually be there for a reason. Oh, uh, yeah. It's mo it's most of the point where it's a multiversal war. Mm -hmm. So the fact well, no. that it's same with Gamora, like seeing Gamora and it's not the same Gamora. We know that. That actually, in a way, actually, I, I, I think that made this. I think the fact that this was a different Gamora actually helped this movie because it kind of made it where, you know, Quill had to find a journey back to his family, like his real biological family at some point. Mm -hmm. You know, he'd been running from it all this time, like he said. So by not having Gamora there anymore, like it kind of gave him reason to like finally go back, take the time and explore that. No, I, I think so. And I think it was always a, we had a it was like a discussion. It was like a problem like, oh, what are they going to do? It's a different Gamora. Like, how are they going to do this? And they kind of did it really well. They did do a good job. They did. They definitely did. So that's Quill. That's Mantis. Uh, so Nebula says she's going to be running up uh, the Nowhere team. Yes. Uh, and she was like, Drax, I need you here with me, you know, mm -hmm. to help me out. So Drax is going to be staying with Mantis. Help with the kids, yeah, too. Mantis with Nebula to help with the kids. You're not made to be a destroyer, Drax. You're made to be a dad. Mm -hmm. And you that'll lead him on his path. He's not he's not meant to fight anymore. He's meant to just be be there, you know. Yeah. Obviously, Groot is going to be chilling with his boy Rocket. Yeah, Groot's Groot's not going anywhere. Also, how about the fact, and we didn't even mention this, how about the fact that Craglin finally figured out how to use the arrow in this movie? 
Oh yeah, we saw and we saw Yandu for a second. Like and we you, get to see Yandu for like literally a half second. He's like, use your heart, boy. Use your heart. And I wonder if that was old footage or if they literally had Michael Rooker show up, get into makeup just to do that five second cameo. No, I think that was actually him. Saying it's not him, but like, is that old footage from Guardians Two they didn't use, ah. or did, or was or was James Gunn like, look, we need you? No, he definitely came back. He he came back for that scene just to be. Just... I saw I saw something online where like, uh, they were talking about how in Guardians Two, uh, James Gunn said they almost killed Gamora instead of ne- uh, instead of Yondu. Yeah. That Gamora was almost the one to sacrifice herself, saving Quill. So, but, <laughs> um, and then he said, but I had a really tough time, you know, when I when I decided that it was Yondu, I had a really tough time doing it because it's like. You know, Michael Rooker, you know, he needs the money. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I saw that, too. I was like, at the same time, he made her. It was a smart. It was a smarter choice to to kill him off instead. You need Gamora in Infinity War with Thanos. Too. Oh, you did. It wouldn't it wouldn't have worked without her. Exactly. So that was touching. One of the other touching things was how when when uh, Quill appointed Rocket Captain, they all they all gave him the salute. Yes, and we heard Groot say, oh. I love you guys. Yep. And that's that's where James Gunn was like, yeah, now we could understand Groot. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. If Groot appears again, are we, are we going to hear him the entire time speaking and understood by us? Or is it going to still be I am Groot and it was just that one time? I think it's just going to be I am Groot. Mm-hmm. I, I think feel like that was just a moment, right? It's just a moment. I think it was just a moment. As much as a, as much as I'd like it to be, where we could actually understand him now, uh, I think it's just a moment. I think so. My sister just texted me. How many post credits are there? So I guess she's waiting. I, I texted her. I was like, "There's two. Yeah, there's two. So we might as well get into that. I don't think there's anything else to. Oh well, no, the final dance scene and everything. So final dance scene. So Quill had gone back to Earth and gotten. Uh, another Zune or something like that for mm-hmm. Rocket. And Rocket turned it on and the song that you were referencing, Dog Days Are Over, uh, starts playing. And uh, you just see the Guardians dancing with everybody they saved on Nowhere. And, you know, it was just a, it was just a really, really happy ending. Groot's dancing. Drax is finally dancing. He's a dancer after all. You know, the, yeah. crazy, the craziest part is that Star-Lord wasn't there to dance with them. No, no, I I know, but I but that's because he's not he's not there anymore, man. Yeah. And then the final shot is Rocket, like with a, an exuberant, like. Oh, they're all like yelling. They're like, yeah, yeah, like all of them are like. And then he's the final. You see him go woo, and then it cuts, and I'm like, that just it's perfect that he would be the last the mm-hmm. last one on the screen. Yes. It would. Uh, and then we get our two post credits. The first one, the first one's hysterical, if you ask me. <laughs> So you basically see the new Guardians. Yes. So now we have the new... This is the new Guardians roster. So you have Rocket, of course, is the captain. Um, You see Adam Warlock back. You know, he is now part of the Guardians. Groot. You see Groot, who is now like an alpha giga Groot. Like he's he, massive. He, that is his final form kind mm-hmm. of Groot. He's like comic book accurate Groot right now, which I love. I love so much. Then you have... uh. Adam Adam Warlock's pet Blurp, believe in the yes. Name. So he's he's a part of the Guardians. He was actually one of the Ravagers' pets, the guy that he actually melted down into pieces. Um, Craglin, uh, Craglin, who now knows how to use the arrow. 
And then there was, I think, one of the kids from that they saved from the high evolutionary ship. Yeah, there. I think I think her name is Quasar. Quasar. I think that's her name, at least in the comics. She, she's a version of Quasar. Okay. I don't know her exact powers, but we didn't even re- we didn't really even get to see it. No, not really. I'm sure no. it'll be it'll be in some you know another thing to go on. It was know. just a fun scene, kind of like showcasing like what the Guardians are going to be like going forward. Even yeah. though we may not see them again, you know, like on that screen like that, but like seeing them like that. Yeah. Oh, and Cosmo. Oh, and of course, Cosmo the Space Dog, who also had a big moment in this movie. Who also had a big moment. Definitely. To me, a bigger moment than Craglin. Well, yeah. I mean, Cosmo was the one who basically created the bridge between the high evolutionary ship and nowhere. Mm-hmm. And Help she, everybody escape. She's a good dog. <laughs> she, she, she is a good dog. And I didn't realize Cosmo was a girl. I thought Cosmo. Yeah, they, was... switched, they switched up Cosmo. They made a girl, I guess. Yeah. Well, was technically a boy, but maybe it, maybe it should have been Wanda then, you know, Cosmo and Wanda, fairly odd parents. Ha ha ha! I understood that reference. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So from that point, that's the new Guardians group, and they play. They all they all play their. They're all talking about their favorite song. So and then the best, like they're all talking about. Oh, this my favorite song is this this from this artist and yada yada. And I like how Rockets is the song from the beginning of the guardian of the first guardians movie that quote well, was come and get your love come and get your love and it was kind of like, like this one is special to me this one's special to me and i was like ah okay and to me that's kind of like a shout out also to james gunn because like you said rocket in a way is like james gunn and to me in my head i'm like oh this is one of my favorites like that's james gunn saying like oh this is like one of my one of my favorite songs you know like of the guardians Rocket Rocket felt like James Gunn's character on screen in a way, you know. Like, mm-hmm. like, especially because especially James Gunn has that spiky hair, it reminds me of kind of right, like he has the spiky hair, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's that post credit scene. Uh, now the other one we go to Quill, uh, back on Earth, and he's just sitting there having cereal with his grandfather. And I think the funniest part is I forgot what they were talking about exactly. Mowing the lawn, they're talking about mowing the lawn, okay. So that and the fact that his grandfather's reading the newspaper about Kevin Bacon being abducted. Yeah, actor tells all. And it's like, oh, well, he, your grandson was kind of involved in that. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. What a callback. Like the, like the fact that if we didn't watch the holiday special, we wouldn't understand any of that. No, you wouldn't get it, but like, that's just like a straight reference to it. It's great. It's a straight reference to that. So, And then the legendary Star-Lord will return. So we will be seeing Peter Quill again at some point, which is good because I was hoping that this wouldn't be the end for all the characters that we just did. (laughs) (laughs) I think what's called, I think honestly, it's, I'm glad to see him still be around. Star-Lord, Chris Pratt, aka Peter Quill Star-Lord. I think it's good that he's still going to be around. He is definitely one of the most memorable characters in my eyes in the guardians i mean to me i always loved him from the beginning so i think it's going to be really great for him to still be around and he's going to be for now at least he'll be more of a i want to say a earth earth-based hero instead of a galaxy hero maybe so yeah he might, he might work more with earth heroes like people on the people on earth like the ground version than the than the like the galaxy than the outer space kind so with that i'm glad he's still going to be around he's kind of going to learn more about earth and more about you know how he is actually a human 
yeah, I mean, maybe we'll see him. I don't know if he'll become an Avenger, but you know, maybe we'll see him do some more Earth based stuff than just I think Earth based stuff. I think you know, uh, he's based in Missouri, right? Missouri, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's pretty much far away, but I wouldn't mind seeing him just like a and like a cameo one day, just like you know, He'll he'll probably he'll definitely be in Secret Wars. I think. I mean, Chris Pratt's too big of a name not to have in the movie number one. Oh, he definitely will be either Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars, one of the two. Yeah. So, uh, I'm very happy that he'll be sticking around. I'm pretty confident we'll see Rocket and Groot again. You know. So, what do you think? Which Guardians do you think we will definitely see again after this movie? Rocket, Groot, and uh, and Star Lord for sure. About Nebula. Nebula, maybe. She her her story I feel is pretty much wrapped. I know, right? Like hers is kind of wrapped up nicely. Like I almost wouldn't want them to touch it again. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. I mean, listen, she could always come back in like action. True, but but I don't think she. I don't think she needs any more story. Yeah, I mean, I doubt we're gonna see like like we've been saying all along. I doubt we'll see Drax anytime soon, if ever again. No, I would just like to see what's called. I would just like to see those three particularly, like Groot, Rocket, and Star Lord. Yeah, and I'm pretty confident we'll see those three again. I pretty time. listen. They're CGI. Those two are CGI characters. They're not. They're not hard. Like they'll they'll work it out with them. Yeah, they're voice right. actors, and they're voice actors too. It's okay. Like they don't age whatsoever. True. Very you true. know. Um, and then what's called? I mean, uh, Chris Pratt's in his what forties? Yes. So listen, he could go for another. You know, he'd go until the end of the saga. Yeah. And then I'd say he would be done at that point. Yeah. So that that was definitely good to see. I agree. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. No, for sure. Well, overall, man, I mean, this movie was a thrill. I I enjoyed it so freaking much. You know, from beginning to end, I was smiling, laughing, I was crying. You know, this was this movie took me through the whole range of emotions. I said on TikTok, I gave it a nine point one. That's around where I am right now. I I have it. Oddly enough, I have it as a top five MCU movie as of right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I have it. I have it going ahead of No Way Home for the fifth spot. It's right now. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna straight up say like where I like like stand with it. Um, I'll go like this. So far, the top three Phase Four slash Five movies have been Guardians Volume Three, Spider Man No Way Home, and Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Those are the solid movies that have been really good and there's nothing else i could say those are the top three so far since endgame yeah no i'd agree i'd agree with you actually though that would be my top three as well with like shang chi coming in fourth shang chi coming in fourth i mean he's a new hero so it's 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 a little different there, there's something to be said about when it's when it involves characters you've known for a longer time it's it's harder because also this is spider this was spider-man's third film it was black panther's second film even though to me it felt like a final film because Chadwick wasn't in the movie. So it kind of felt like a, a sadder ending to the story. Um, and then what's called, and then also uh, this is guardians last movie. So it ends, it ends the trilogy. Yeah. That's why I feel like those, those affect me more than Shang-Chi. No, I agree. But yeah, I mean, great movie. I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing, whatever comes next with star lord rocket group like we said but you know for now that was a a great close and you know arguably arguably this is the best trilogy in the mcu arguably it's up there arguably i'd say it's 
it's there. It, it's like tied between that and Captain America. Because mm-hmm. they the, they definitely, those two have the best trilogies. Yeah. So I agree with you there. Uh, any final thoughts on this one before we wrap up? I think that's about it. Oh, you want to address the Star-Lord helmet thing? We kind of discussed it on the side. I kind of got it out of my system, but yeah, where the fuck was his helmet, bro? <laughs> yeah, now James Gunn tweeted that, oh, he forgot it on Nowhere because they had to rush out of there to save Rocket in the beginning. It's like, bro, the most the most iconic part about his character is his helmet. Like, you, he had his suit and, and the helmet. Like, that's his iconic comic book accurate suit. Record, like, I, lo- I love the Guardians uniforms in this movie. Oh, that, they're they're awesome. I love them. I that could be a Halloween costume. I do it. But yeah, that's gonna do it for us here. I love this movie. I look forward to watching it again, even though it may make me tear up. But still, yeah, I'm uh, definitely, I'll definitely look forward to watching it again. I'll, I'm gonna try and go maybe next week and see it. Same here. If I'm if I'm not sick still, it'd be fun. So that's gonna do it for us here. Uh, we do have uh, the rest of the Raimi review trilogies coming up soon, so you'll be getting those. Sorry for the lack of uploads recently. Uh, I've been very busy with school. Nick's been busy with work. Yeah. It's, it's... All that. This summer, uh, the Secret Invasion reviews, I'm not going to be on many of them because I'm going to be prepping for the bar exam. Yeah, so uh, we'll be lucky if we get Mike for the first episode. <laughs> I will pr- I'll be on the first episode. Uh, and then because then it's like the three or four weeks before the bar exam. So I'm going to be very busy studying. Uh, and I will be on the finale review because that comes out the day of the bar exam. So after the bar exam, I can watch it and then we can do the review. Yes. So I'll definitely be on those. But it's going to be Nick uh, flying solo or it might be Nick with a uh, special guest helping him. Yes. You know, so we'll see with that. So but we still got the Spider-Man reviews that will be dropping over the course of the next month or so. We got two months to drop. Soon we'll have Spider Verse coming. When is when is that movie again? June. Okay. All right. So yeah, we'll be getting June. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you'll be getting that in June, and then yeah, we'll have to review the first one. I think. I don't think yeah. We'll... No. So you'll be we'll be dropping a review for the first one, the rest of the Raimi trilogy, and then Secret Invasion when it starts up in June, you'll be getting those as well on the weekly. So. Mm-hmm. Plenty to come. It has been a bit of a lull, but we are still alive here. So it's what's good. It's a slow. It's different now compared to what Marvel's been putting out before. You know, it's there's just, not as much content. Recently. There's not as much content, so we try our best to just not try to overwhelm. You know, ourselves with trying to push out at all. Oh, we need to push out all this content. We just try our best to put what we can. Yeah, obviously, follow us over on TikTok. Uh, that's where we do most of our content. And stuff. Most of our content. Luckily, they haven't banned it. <laughs> no, no, still, still not banned, despite all the worries about that. God, <laughs> so, uh, but that's going to do it for us here at the MNN Marvel Mania podcast. I've been Mike. I've been Nick. And we will talk to you soon. Take care, everyone.